welcome back to America Can We Talk. I am so happy Facebook Live is working. Just love having you join me on Facebook Live. Love having you join me on radio. Thank you so much for listening on 660 AM, the 660 AM app, off our website. However you're listening, thank you so much for doing that. Top of the second hour, I always do a cruise through the news. I have a lot of stories. Good thing that I grew up in New York and I can talk fast. Okay, I want to start with a story that... um, there was a uh, there is news this week that the president and I am really unsure why, but the president has agreed to answer some questions, written questions, uh, written answers to be given to uh, Robert Mueller. The just ongoing witch hunt investigation. Uh, the questions are directed to President Trump relating to obstruction and I'm sorry, not related to obstruction relating to the Trump Russia collusion thing, which after eight, 18 million dollars of taxpayer time, endless headlines, endless distraction, of the president, all of that is um, the um, is uh, being going uh, kind of boiling down to as we get up to the midterms. Mueller is asking Trump questions. And actually, there were a lot, a lot of disappointment in the left because people thought the questions were going to relate to this alleged obstruction and the legal question whether if Trump had the right to fire Comey, could he still be prosecuted for obstruction for doing what he is permitted by law to do, which, of course, the answer should be no. So that's that's floating out there. The, the Democrats is just their dying, dying you know, gasp but trying to get Trump somehow. Um, there was also um, a story that I wanted to share with you, uh, which you probably all saw, but with great gratitude, Pastor Brunson, the uh, American Christian pastor who'd been held in jail, um, in prison, and then actually, I guess actually later uh, held in house arrest. Uh, in a, he was in a Tur- Turkish prison uh, and then in under house arrest was released uh, after uh, diplomacy and conversation between uh, President Trump and Turkey. And I'll tell you the other cool thing. So Pastor Brunson released, there have been millions of Americans praying for this man, praying for the release. I also want to share with you, though, that this is now the 18th person in uh, President Trump's less than two years in office that he has succeeded in having released um, and been held by evil powers of one uh, kind or another, China, North Korea, Iran, there's uh, Venezuela, um, and um, Turkey, where President Trump has brought about the release of political prisoners. Um, I know that every president has had some success in bringing about the release of prisoners under his or her under his uh, term. However, um, this is a uh, just just a huge one, and also uh, there is just a, a sense in the world that you know President Trump, despite the efforts of the American left to say that he is somehow dangerous and he's not good, he's hurting our foreign policy. The truth is that President Trump is radiating strength from America and. The result is people, they kind of, they don't want to mess with the guy. They don't want to mess with him. I love this. I love this about President Trump. So grateful for Pastor Brunson being released. Uh, tender, tender images of him at the White House uh, saying a prayer on his knees, saying a prayer for President Trump and his protection. Uh, just, just God bless this man. And I'm so grateful for President Trump for doing that. Also, speaking of President Trump, there's a movie coming out. It may not be in theaters, but it's called Trump with the at sign like we use for for um, Twitter handles, Trump at war. There is going to be a showing in Dallas this week. Maybe other cities, wherever you're listening, I'm not sure, but I know in Dallas there's going to be a showing. Up on my Facebook page, I have a, a teaser for this. If you're interested in finding out where that is this week, it's a private show. You can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. I can share with you this Trump at war viewing. It's apparently just a stellar, stellar, stellar 
movie. Okay, leading up to elections 2018, Facebook has managed to clean house, has purged several top conservative pages from Facebook in these last four weeks before the election. On this past Thursday, Facebook announced they took action on 559 pages, 251 accounts, and um, shockingly, most of them were conservative pages. So these are just, again, the ongoing effort of social media to silence the American right. Um, I do hope President Trump and others take action, just find an alternative way to get conservative news out there because social media is just going to continue to let us down. Next story in the cruise to the news. Um, Four women were arrested here in North Texas um, in Fort Worth for voter fraud. It was a voter fraud ring. And what these women were doing were they were they were essentially committing vote fraud via the mail in ballots. They were enticing people to uh, to request a mail in ballot. Here we have this great system where we have mail in ballots for the people who really can't get out, a lot of senior citizens or those who are disabled or unwell in some way. And so these women were encouraging that they, those people to apply for their, uh, their, their um, ballot by mail and then intercepting it, filling it in, and sending it back in. So they're voting for, this is flat-out vote fraud, the kind of thing the left always tells you never happens. That happened here in the great state of Texas. It was an organized voter fraud. The women, Leticia Sanchez, Leticia Sanchez, Tepeshin, Maria Solis, and Laura Parra, they're being indicted on 30 felony counts of voter fraud. Uh, This is a statement coming from the office of the great attorney general in the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton. So this is great news getting prosecuted. This is a long time in coming. A lot of people trying to raise this issue. Uh, Last thing, I'll just tell you quickly, New York City passed a law allowing parents to choose X for the child's gender on the birth certificate instead of boy or girl. Can't even begin. Okay. Debbie Georgiatis, America Community Talk on Facebook. Come back in four minutes. And we're going to talk about the left as a mob. You won't believe it. Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights energy, taxes, education, or criminal justice, the foundation works to translate ideas into real change. The Texas Public Policy Foundation does not accept government funds or contributions to influence the outcome of its research. It is supported by thousands of people like you who are concerned about the future of our country. You can help Texas remain strong as the beacon of liberty in America. Visit TexasPolicy.com to learn more. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, 
Your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I want to tell you this amazing story that came out of Portland. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, Everyone knows, you know, the West Coast has these kind of liberal places like Portland, Oregon. But there was a story that a a Portland citizen put out last week. Um, He was a a bystander to start with. Um, His name is Andy C. And then the last name is NGO. And so, and actually his Twitter handle is um, at Mr. Andy NGO. And so he actually videotaped something happening in Portland, which was people driving down the street, city streets in Portland were being directed by members, confrontational, uh, violent mob type members of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And they were directing Traffic, telling people in the streets of Portland, forcing them to turn when they didn't want to turn or not letting them turn which way they wanted to turn. They were just creating anarchy. And so this guy who who um, who videoed it, he actually put it up 
on Twitter. He said, this is the type of street anarchy that routinely happens where I live. Here's a video from 6 October showing Antifa directing traffic in downtown and threatening people who don't obey with violence. Mayor at Ted Wheeler, who really runs this town? And you could watch these videos. One gentleman, one man who dared to challenge them, wanted to turn in his own car, make a legal turn he wanted to do, um, end up having a his car smashed up, thousands of dollars of damage and windows broken because he wouldn't do. And these are these people are Antifa and Black Lives Matter mobs. And so these are citizens videoing, saying, hey, you know, Mayor Ted Wheeler, where are you? Let's let's do this. Here. Let, let's take care of this. Activists chased down 74-year-old Kent Hauser after he made a right turn against their wishes, pounding on his silver Lexus, breaking a window. It sustained thousands of dollars in damage. So. The guy, a citizen's finally making it public. He goes to the mayor. He puts it out there in social media. The mayor's got to answer. And the mayor essentially said, he puts out in a tweet, this is at, this is Portland mayor at Ted Wheeler. I was appalled by what I saw in that clip. And I support the decisions of the, of the Portland police police. I trust them. I believe them as the law enforcement professionals who have to weigh complex legal and safety issues not only for the people in the streets, but also for themselves. So, to be clear, the Portland police are at the next block over. They can see exactly what's happening. The citizens are going over and saying, hey, there's a mob over there that is blocking the public streets, forcing people to turn or not turn. Would you please do something? And the answer of the police was no. No. We're just going to let them do that. So Ted Wheeler, the mayor, Portland mayor, who also happens to be, I think he's also like the the head of the police department, too. Anyway, Portland mayor said he came under fire, but he supports the decision by police to watch from a distance without getting involved. He said he supports the Portland Police Bureau's decision not to intervene. So what he's saying in plain English is, I allow mob rule in my city. I am too afraid of having the police enforce order. I am too afraid of the Antifa and Black Lives Matter mobs that the smarter thing, the better thing may be to just let them attack citizens, let them undermine the the flow of traffic in the middle of the city. And he actually, he's been accused of taking, they use the expression, a kid gloves approach to the protests. Uh, And that's the same city, by the way. We talked about this over the summer where there was an actual occupation, like as in Occupy Wall Street, an occupation of the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Building in Portland, and Portland police refused to assist unless the federal officers were actually in physical danger. So then the law-abiding citizens in Portland show up. The flash march for law and order attempted to show up to say, hey, you know what, we'd actually like our city back. We don't really want to let the mob run the place. Um, and they were attacked. They were, they were physically attacked 
by this mob that's saying, no, we run this city and you don't. We Antifa, we Black Lives Matter, we run it. And so the law and order people can't have their way. So Wheeler, the mayor, also holds the title of police commissioner. And um, and he did not like that the description was not all over the media um, and that that he wasn't taking charge of his city. He said that law enforcement. This is the mayor and the police commissioner. Law enforcement is a no win situation. I will now turn to a clip. I'm going to tell you that more and more people, including President Trump, have been describing watching what happened outside the Kavanaugh hearing. We're just in the Kavanaugh hearing, in the Senate, at the Supreme Court. Not just people waving signs and you know, holding signs and, and, you know, chanting, but banging on doors, beating people up, harassing people. There were 569 people arrested for being for their violence Outside the Kavanaugh hearings, same thing happened in Portland. So when people call out, hey, this is violence, there is, there is actually the, the American, the Democrat media mob is saying, oh, don't use that word mob. You can't say that. So, Greg, I don't know if you have it, if we have clip two. Oh, you see, you're not going to use the mob word will, oh, here. It's, it, they are protesting. They are not an angry mob. <laughs> We're yeah. done being polite. Answer your question that you asked to her. Is it mob behavior? No, it's not. He's created this idea of a mob. But calling them mobs in the, in the way that the leader McConnell has done is just wrong. In the Constitution, you can protest whenever and wherever you want. It. We believe it's a go watch it. Put up the a video. Mob. Stop! Stop! Excuse me, ma'am. Are you trying to assault me? This is assault. Oh, <laughs> Even though these were just peaceful protesters, Republicans are are running on this idea that the left is an angry mob. I'm I'm right now. It don't matter. Everybody's right here. I said to stop. You understand? Wherever you come down on Brett Kavanaugh describing protesters as a mob, doesn't fit the facts. That's not a mob. For a three-year-old child. Okay, folks, on my website, I'm going to put up the link to this and on this Facebook page, because what you couldn't see, you could only hear in all those clips. These are media people outraged that not just Trump, but many Americans are using the word mob to describe the conduct of the American left. What you couldn't see, because that was just on radio, was things like the the, uh, protesters yanking signs out of people's hands. You know, the conservative protesters saying, we support Kavanaugh, whatever they said. Um, yet the angry protesters knocking people down, grabbing their signs, tearing them up, screaming in their face, surrounding people in public restaurants. That one little clip there was from uh, our Senator Cruz here in Texas when he was in a restaurant surrounded by a whack job mob saying essentially, we believe we uh, believe survivors, which is, by the way, a, you know, a, a conclusory, you know, assumes that this, the survivor term assumes people are telling the truth and it all happened. But what you're watching, what you can see in this, and I really urge you to watch it when I play it is, where I clip it is, 
these people are deciding they are in charge. And then, and they and the they can. That one guy said that one commentator said, you know, you can protest anywhere you want, anytime you want. Actually, no, you can't. You know what? You're not supposed to be screaming in the middle of the U.S. Senate hearing where they're holding a confirmation hearing. You're actually not allowed to do that. But the fact that that little montage of left wing media, CNN, MSNBC, all the you know the whack job left wing media is getting upset because conservatives. President Trump and others are pointing out this is what a mob is. When you scream, yell, overpower people, when you tear their signs up, the one thing you heard that crackling noise was a protester who is who kicked and knocked to the ground the person asking him whether or not asking him some question about well you know I don't even know what he was asking but the point is these are violent people just like in it we were just discussing in Portland and the answer the left is how dare you call them a mob which I have an answer for that I'm going to tell you exactly why the left does that here we go with Jim Carrey your honor I object and why is that Mr. Reed because it's devastating to my case the end I'm Debbie George Addis. This is America. Can we talk? We come back. We have Congress and Peace Sessions joining us. Come right back. Facebook Live, four minutes. Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. If you are listening to America Can We Talk, you know that my show is dedicated to preserving the exceptional idea that is America. I want to take a minute to tell you what I mean by that. Unlike almost every other country on the planet, America's culture, our very identity, has nothing at all to do with ethnicity, race, or national origin. Instead, America is all about ideas, including the most basic idea that each of us, simply because we were born has the God-given right to live out our individual version of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness within the guardrails of the Constitution and our laws. Preserving this requires patriots in every American generation to grasp the importance of this truth, to recognize and fight back against the subtle and not-so-subtle relentless attacks on American liberty, and to speak up for and defend the unique culture of American-style liberty. The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. CURE's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how CURE works, and how you can help, please visit urbancure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. 
Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldier is deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Can you hear us now? Can you hear us? And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I have joining me this sec- uh, segment, as I mentioned before the break, Congressman Pete Sessions. He happens to be my congressman. That's not really why I'm having him on, but he is my congressman, and I've known him for years, and I believe we have him online. Hello, sir. Congressman Sessions? Okay, we don't have him online. That's okay. Well, well you do. You really do. I'm just silly in the hip that evidently the mute when I said hello hello there okay there you are okay we uh, didn't have a connection there for a moment i'm so glad you're here and um you know first i wanted to say the reason that i wanted to have you on you know it's really interesting texas our the gray state of texas is being targeted by the democrats you know generally speaking every election cycle but it's especially strong and strident this election cycle and i heard someone actually saying that your particular race cd32 is being particularly targeted by the democrats in this election cycle and that is just really a um i, I think pretty much over the whole throughout the whole country is that right it is correct debbie and and the democrats as you know uh as you said all across the country have engaged in raising hundreds of millions of dollars and their attacks against not just Republicans, but really against the free enterprise system and basic American values is at, is at the basis of what they're doing. And this is uh, not unprecedented. This has happened, as you'll recall. There's a statement that we all take when we take an oath of office, and that is against enemies foreign and domestic. And what is appearing this time is people who literally do not like 
free enterprise. They do not like the successes that the American people have. They do not like uh, the, the viewpoint that the free enterprise system is producing jobs, taking people off of welfare, making lives better, and producing the American dream. And there is a furor all across the country about these issues, and the issues that they then talk about are uh, how we're going to put the nation in debt. And yet it was they who produced trillions of dollars uh, to place us in the economic conditions that we're in. So it's very interesting to see how they're arguing, what they're arguing, and yet you and I both know it's just a complete difference between big government and the free enterprise system. It is. It's absolutely remarkable. You know, the effort of the American left, I have come on the show many times. Bernie Sanders ran for president in 2016. He he began to more mainstream within the Democrat Party the idea that socialism it has a place in America, that socialism is really kind of a friendly and more kind alternative to freedom. And yet here we are. We sit here in October of 2018. The American economy is bursting forth There are better job numbers for every category of Americans than there have been in in at least 20 years, in some cases in in more years than that. And and it just seems like the most odd time that Democrats would be thinking this is the time to argue against free markets. And yet here we are. They're pretty much arguing against free markets in in this time of exceptional prosperity in America. It's kind of crazy. Well, but once again, they're going to argue, uh, and, and we, we've had a very shrill argument. Uh, people that follow Washington know that one of the key issues that we're working on now to complete the farm bill is what's called SNAP. And SNAP is uh, food stamps, a supplemental uh, nutritional uh, nutrition system, program. Yeah. yeah, and SNAP is very important. The fight, however— is over whether there will be able-bodied men between the ages of 19 and essentially 50 who would be allowed to have automatically food stamps without a work requirement, without a volunteer requirement, just a volunteer 20 hours a week. And there are about 1.5 million men across America who do not work, do not contribute, but qualify for food stamps. And in many states, when you qualify for food stamps, you qualify for a lot of other things. And so what we're trying to say is now that we have jobs, jobs that are available in this country, why would we want to cater to men, able-bodied men, when my Down syndrome son gets up and goes to work three days a week? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. It's tremendous. Why would, we, why would it not be okay to have an able-bodied man where jobs are available, and if they aren't, to volunteer? 20 hours a week. That's the battle. And this is what they've chosen to make the battle about. Next battle, health care. Health care, they are trying to sell something that you know is Medicare for all. But really, not, not just the Bernie Sanders, but the Democratic Party as a whole has come out and said, we are for single-payer system. Single-payer system 
means exactly to them what they named it, and that is if you are on employer-provided health care today in Dallas, Texas, the 32nd Congressional District, 505,000 people are on employer-provided health care. If my opponent, if Ted Cruz's opponent were to get elected, that would mean that Nancy Pelosi becomes the speaker, and it means that Chuck Schumer gets closer. More power for single-payer system. That is a force by the government health care program onto women and children and families to where they would be in a circumstance that is not unlike me being on Obamacare, and that is a government solution. And what it does is it, it pays physicians and health care providers 40% less than the marketplace that they're in today, which means a reduction in the number of doctors who you can see and healthcare professionals, and they would make decisions over those processes. Next point that's hard to understand, too, uh, <laughs> Medicare is for seniors. Why would you possibly think you could put family, women, and children, pediatrics, into a senior healthcare system? It is utterly incredible. If Republicans were that loose with the truth, we would be called on the carpet. So we're calling them on the carpet. Bad idea, Democratic Party. Bad idea, Democrat candidates. You know, I love your saying all that. I've tried to make the distinction. In fact, I was doing it again tonight earlier in the show about regardless of the particular candidates in, in any, whether it's a U.S. House race, a U.S. Senate race, the Democrat Party has a, a monolithic approach on many, many issues. And one being these among the ones you've mentioned, health care is a big one where what they're really saying, they don't want to call it socialized medicine because that makes people a little make some people a little bit more nervous. But when they have there's a pretty name for it. Right. They give it a pretty name and it sounds, well, gee, they just just like Medicare. That sounds nice, but it's just socialized medicine. And I love on the right. I've heard some people using the expression healthcare freedom, but restoring free market freedom to the healthcare system for most people as much as we can in this country. I just think that two parties differences are massive in this and, and very clear. You're on the path to freedom and prosperity or in the path to socialism. No question. Why would a woman that would stand up and want to be a leader in her home, to have compassion for her children, to have compassion for her friends, why would they want to be in a system where decision-making is not by that family, not by that doctor? They have to get the book out and follow the glide path that is set by the federal government. Uncle Sam isn't even that tough, but the bureaucrats are. Absolutely true. You know, we're speaking, if you just tuned in, to Congressman Pete Sessions. He is uh, my congressman, CD32 in Texas, running for re-election. And honestly, the particular uh, race that you're in, I listened to all the Democrat candidates in this race. I think I told you months ago I went to the when the Democrat primary. Yes, yeah, I mean, 
all of them were they, there was no difference among any of the Democrats running. They were all for uh, single payer health care. They're all major threat to the Second Amendment. In fact, I know, Pete, we only have about 30 seconds left here. Congressman Sessions, we have 30 seconds left here. But your opponent has been particularly harsh in the Second Amendment. And you're a strong supporter, right? That I am. And, and to say harsh is interesting. He ran during these debates and at the Dallas Morning News and said, I am the most progressive of all the candidates here. And when Lillian Sinerno, one of their uh, candidates, uh, was talking about how she might win, which was the question, she said, well, I'll reach out to Republicans. He, sn- he snarled at her and said, why would we want to count on Republicans to win this race? I love that. Peace Sessions. I'm going to tell folks, go to PeaceSessions.com. And I'm sorry, it's always so short. Great talking to you. Thanks for calling in. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Coming right back after the break, folks, in four minutes on Facebook Live. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From healthcare to poverty, from free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. 
This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Welcome back. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is just always a show is the fastest two hours of my week. Love talking with you every week about all sorts of issues facing America. And I want to just go back to something that emerged, a, a kind of mantra that emerged during the Kavanaugh hearings. And it wasn't really, that wasn't the first time, but it really kind of got steam. And this is, again, if there's any theme to tonight's show, I don't necessarily always try to have a theme, but any theme is the left wing of America, the anti-American left, is really into mob rule at this time. And, and you can see it in so many different ways. The conduct of the protesters at the Kavanaugh hearing, what we described happening in Portland, where the mayor is simply throwing his hands up and letting Antifa and Black Lives Matter simply block traffic. But something else, and it's a really serious thing, because it is alluring, it's, it holds allure for people who aren't, uh, especially for women who may feel like they've been uh, unfairly treated, who may have had a, a, some history in their lives of having been uh, the victim of sexual assault. But it is a mantra the left is using, which is believe women. That is, in fact, there was a full page Wall Street Journal editorial, uh, Wall Street Journal page an advertising taken out during the Kavanaugh confirmation process. The entire page was blank, except for in the middle. Believe women. What they are saying is, if a woman says she was the victim of sexual assault, the entire, the, the women's movement is saying they get to be the judge and jury and the sentencer. They get to be the finder of fact, they get, they get to decide the case, and everybody has to agree with them. And I want to just, you know, this is very much, and the, the, the American left, the women advocating this, the believe women, are no different, no different at all than the Jim Crow era lynch mobs of the South, where the idea was believe the white person. If a white person makes an accusation, no reason to allow the accused black man or child 
to be questioned, no reason to hear his point of view, his side of the story, no reason to permit the rule of law to proceed, no reason to have uh, a proper arrest if that were indicated, and then a questioning and an actual judge and a jury and a finding of fact and hearing both sides. The lynch mob mentality that was at the heart of the horrific conduct by in the South, in the Jim Crow lynch mob South, is exactly the mindset the anti-American left believe women people have today. It is just as evil and just as unjustified. And I'm going to tell you a couple quick stories because these are real people I tried to talk about during the Kavanaugh hearing the need to recognize that women should not should not be duped into thinking that in order to stand up for women, I have to go with the believe women crowd. Women, intelligent women, adult women should be standing up for the rule of law, for the presumption of innocence, for the right of a trial, right to be heard. But I'm going to tell you several cases, modern day things happening right now, if you embrace this idiotic, cruel, heartless, believe women mantra. And it's the same thing, by the way, when people say, we believe survivors, that idiotic mantra, people were yelling in in Senator Ted Cruz's face, we believe survivors. Well, that assumes that the person who made the accusation is telling the truth and therefore is a survivor. Notice they didn't say, we believe accusers. They're trying to make you forget about the fact that an accuser isn't necessarily a survivor. An accuser could be a false accuser. Okay, one story. This is at University of California, Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara, one of the most beautiful campuses ever. I don't know how anyone ever got any work done going to that school. But there was a case at, out there at University of California, Santa Barbara, where a, um, a girl, uh, a, a college student, uh, had a lot to drink and had, um, had passed out at a party. There was apparently a mattress where she was allowed to, where she crashed, which is fine. Um, Jane Rowe, they said she said, fell asleep on a mattress pressed against a wall. Later that evening, some other some guy at the party, also intoxicated, John Doe, became intoxicated, lay down the mattress. She was under covers. He was fully clothed on top of the covers. Two people, two eyewitnesses were sitting on a couch three feet away, sitting on a couch three feet away, talking. The woman, the intoxicated woman, awakened, started screaming that she was being molested, accused this guy next to her of molesting her she is hysterical the two eyewitnesses sitting on the couch said it was physically impossible for him to have done what she said not physically possible in their words for her claims to be true but she kept it up she went she she called forth the city's uh, sexual assault response team the police didn't take any action because her claim made no sense but the university Went ahead and held a hearing, as it was called, it being described a carnival funhouse of due process violations. They allowed the detective, some detective, to report uh, bruising and lacerations uh, in her private parts. No questions about whether what other partners she may have had, other activities she may have engaged in. Um, she also, they withheld from the accused guy until the day before the hearing that this woman was taking an antidepressant called V-I-I-B-R-Y-D, Veerbeard, I don't know, Vibeard, I don't know how you say it, but anyway, taking an antidepressant, which has as a side effect 
when mixed with alcohol, and she was inebriated when mixed with alcohol to produce hallucinations. Didn't tell him till the day before the hearing. He's not allowed to have an attorney there, very, you know, very unfairly. So he's trying to question her about it. And he wasn't allowed to produce. He couldn't produce a qualified expert in the one day they gave him. The one day where they say, hey, by the way, she was taking this drug, which has as a side effect producing hallucinations. The kid gets kicked out of school. They stack the deck, bias the proceedings, violated basic rules of evidence, and so the kid has no lawyer, and, and this is a recent case. And the net result of it is he lost his, the Q's kid lost his ROTC scholarship and his Navy career. Um, and, and he was eventually, um, that uh, I guess they're trying to reconsider whether he could get his Navy career back. But the point is, got kicked out of school, and this is the result of taking to heart the idiocy of Believe women. So this kid still appealing, still trying to figure out uh, what's going to happen. Okay, next case, there was um, a woman who accused two black athletes, uh, two football players. Um, Her name was Nikki Yovino, 20 years old. She accused two Sacred Heart University football players. And um, she, to make a long story short, she made an accusation these two black football players had raped her. Her, her story changed three or four times, maybe only one. Well, maybe one was consensual, one wasn't. No, never mind, it wasn't consensual. All the while, later admitting that she changed the story because she didn't want to have a guy she kind of liked think that she might have been voluntarily involved with these two men. Point of that story. So anyway, so finally, just this week, after admitting she made up the whole thing, just this week, she had sentencing, and she's actually going to go to jail, real jail, with like a red jump, an orange jumpsuit and bars. This is, but this, this mindset settling in a society that says, believe women is crazy. And it is no different than believe the white person or as women should care about in, in Islamic culture, men get treated as though their testimony is more important than women. So or believe men if you live in Islamic culture. Anyway, this girl is finally going to jail. She was in the sentencing hearing where the black athlete is breaking down to try and describe how horrible the impact was on his life. Um, he uh, she was rolling her eyes. Rolling her eyes like, oh, big deal. So his life got ruined. I mean, this is a, this mindset, and it's not just what I'm saying to you. I think I have relatively rational listeners. And so you might be thinking, well, who's believing this? You know, who would even buy into this believe women mindset? Sadly, folks, a lot of people, a lot of young people going through what we used to have in, in colleges and universities and even high school where you might learn basic ideas of due process, fairness, the presumption of innocence, the right to, uh, to present a defense, all of these cornerstone, cornerstone, core promises of living in a modern civilized culture. But people don't learn this anymore. Women go to college and they learn the victim mentality. And frankly, many minorities, people of all backgrounds, go to college and learn that all life is about is creating victim classes and people to be accused. And so the entire mindset, the, the paradigm through which you look at the world is all about the, are you in the correct victim class or not? 
One more very, very quick story. This just happened in New York City. Some uh, lady, woman, was in a little convenience store picking up some cat food, I think it was. A mom came in the store with her two kids, a black mom with her two kids, who were in the school uniforms picking up whatever they were picking up after school. The little boy walking by this woman leaving the store, apparently his backpack bumped her backside. She made a hysterical accusation in the store that he had groped her, this little school-aged kid. And the mom is saying, no, no, he didn't. I don't think so. Then the, the, the argument went outside onto the sidewalk. This white woman accusing a young black boy, I think, I don't know if he's like 10 years old, not even that, because his school backpack bumped her only because, but she, so she's making a hysterical scene accusing this kid who's now crying. The mom's saying, I don't think he did that. And fortunately, they had security camera in the store, a security camera, which then everyone could look at and realize, oh, actually, he just had a backpack on. His kids had these giant backpacks, as my kids did, your kids probably did too. And he bumped her in the backside, just barely grazed her. But this whole, you know, I'm a victim. I am waiting for society to, um, you know, to agree with me I'm a victim, waiting for someone to accuse folks. This is so, this is not who we are, to borrow expression from the left. This is not who we are. This is not who America is. This is not who American women are. We are better than this. We need to stand up and fight this. And I'll tell you one good thing happening is more people saying, Up until the Kavanaugh hearing, I used to vote Democrat and be sympathetic with the cause of protecting women against, you know, uh, you know, buttressing women's testimony. People are starting to wake up and recognize we have to recommit to the notion of the rule of law and due process presumption of innocence. Debbie George asks, America Can We Talk? Come back next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. America.